Are y'all ready to hear the word of God this morning? I want to continue uh, my series on invasion series, uh, but today I want to talk about the invasion of the mind. Boy, that's pretty fitting, isn't it? Uh, you know, I don't pick the songs that they sing. I never have. Um, I don't even suggest. Uh, but, you know, God just has a way of putting things together. And, and that's really uh, what that, that last song they sing. They actually uh, heard that. Uh, we were at John 3.16 on Sunday morning. And uh, they've been wanting to do it for a while. And hallelujah. Uh, boy, it was good, didn't it? And, uh, but I want to talk about the invasion of the mind. How many of you know that it's a mind game on most things? It's... it's uh, um, there was a book came out by Joyce Meyer, and I'm not promoting or demoting her. I'm just, I'm just telling you the name of the book, Battle of the Mind, Battlefield of the Mind. And, and uh, man, boy, I, I don't know what all the book is, is entitled. I've never read the book. I've read parts of it, but I've never read the whole book. But, buddy, it's right on. Because most of our battles, I'll say this, that all of our battles start right here. Uh, problem is, most of them stay right there. They never manifest. They're right here. But we make them manifest in our minds, all right? And, and the Bible is very clear about that we got to take care of this mind. It's a problem. Your mind can be an enemy too. You get invaded uh, in your life through your mind. As you've heard me say many times, your, your body doesn't react without your mind first giving it the signal. Even breathing. Now you... Tell you, your mind right now says stop breathing. You go, in just a minute, you're going to pass out or die. I mean, it all starts here, okay? So I want to talk about that. Let's look at Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Mark 12, 30 says, and you. Everybody say you. Now everybody say me. Okay. And you shall love the Lord your God with all. Everybody say all. You know what all means, right? All means all, and that's all all means. That's just all. That's what all means. That means everything. So all. Every time you hear the word all in this, I want you to say all with me, okay? So you shall love the Lord with God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. This is not a suggestion. This is the first commandment. This is not a suggestive thought or an idea from God that you ought to do this. It says that you love, not with, uh, let me reread it the way we read the Bible. And Marty shall love the Lord, his God, with portions of his heart, with portions of his soul, sometimes with his mind, a little bit of it, and with some of my energies. This is a suggestion. That's the way we read the Word of God most of the time. We make it fit our narrative, what we want to do. Well, I don't do it with all my strength. I don't want to serve Him that much. I don't, I don't want to serve Him with everything. I mean, what's, what's going to, what about me? I mean, isn't there some time for me in this picture? You know, it's so strange when you give everything to God, when you give it all to God. He, he has this crazy mathematical um, uh, position that when you give Him everything, you end up getting most of it back. That's just crazy. Well, that's not possible. It is possible. It's very possible. But so we're supposed to love God with four areas of our life. Four areas. Let's look at those. Our heart, how much of it? Our soul, how much of it? Our mind, how much? 
and with our strength. How much? There we go. And this is a suggestion. It's a commandment. Do you as a Christian think you ought to do what God says? So we've got us a good establishment. We've got a good baseline today that God's commanding you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. All right. Because if you don't get that, you're going to miss the rest of it. Now, I want to read something. Um, it's, a, it's an article that, I, that I've uh, read a long time ago. And I have preached this message here if you, um, back four, four or five years ago in, in 18, 2018, this series I preached. So some of you may remember this, but I put a little different uh, spin on it. But I want to read you some stuff here. <clears throat> there was a Russian scientist named Ivan Petrovich Pavlov. He was born in 1849 in Razon, where his father worked as a village priest. And in 1870, Pavlov abandoned the religious career for which he had been preparing and instead went into science. There, had a great, uh, there he had a great impact on the field of physiology by studying the mechanisms underlying the digestive systems of mammals. And some of you around there are saying, what in the world does that have to do with the Bible? Just hang tight. For his original work in this field of research, uh, Pavlov was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 1904. By then, he had turned to studying the laws on the formation of conditioned reflexes. That's very important, two words, conditioned reflexes. A topic on which he worked until his death in 1936. His discoveries in this field paved the way for an objective science of behavior. Uh, uh, yes. <clears throat> While Pavlov worked to unveil the secrets of the digestive system, he also studied what signals triggered related phenomenon, such as the secretion of saliva. Now, if I was a scientist, I'd probably pick something else. I don't know, but, but this is what he picked, okay? So he picked this secretion of saliva. When a dog encounters food, saliva starts to pour from the salivary, salivary glands located in the back of its oral cavity. You ever notice that? You ever feed your dogs? Do you have a dog? A dog be like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I do that. My wife, I come in, I come in and there's this, man, fried squash and hamburger steak with gravy and mashed potatoes and green beans with a little bacon dabbled in them and Arvel sweet tea and I drool. I mean, that is, wow. I can only imagine what it's like for a dog. Hope y'all get this today, amen. And says, <clears throat> um, so when a dog encounters food, saliva starts to pour from the salivary glands located in the back of its oil cavity. This saliva is needed in order to make the food easier to swallow. The fluid also contains enzymes that break down certain compounds in the food. In humans, for example, saliva contains the enzyme amylase. Am I saying that right? Amylase? Okay, amylase. See there? That's my, science, my biology science person right over there. An effective processor of starch. Pavlov became interested in his studying reflexes when he saw that the dogs drooled without proper stimulus. Although no food was in sight, their saliva still dribbled. It turned out that the dogs were reacting to lab coats. This is good. 
Every time the dogs were served food, the person who served the food was wearing a lab coat. Therefore, the dogs reacted as if food was on its way whenever they saw a lab coat. Wow. In a series of experiments, Pavlov then turned to figure out how these phenomena were linked. For example, he struck a bell when the dogs were fed. The bell was sounded in close association with their meal. The dogs learned to associate the sound of the bell with food. After a while, at the mere sound of the bell, they responded by drooling. That's why in old days we had a dinner bell out back. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. How many of you remember a dinner bell? Dave, raise your hand. You old enough, you can raise your hand. Dave's like, I don't raise your hand. You know. We had a dinner bell for a while. My mom really had one. My mom's into antiques. She really had a dinner bell. And she had, you know, we worked, uh, we was at home and, and we were close by. The shop was just a little ways, like, you know, 100 yards there. And she'd ring that dinner bell. Well, I don't know what we was doing, but whatever we was doing, we quit. It's time for dinner, you know, because mama ruled the house anyway. So we were going to go eat. And then later on, we didn't have a dinner bell and she'd just holler out. Lunch is ready. You couldn't hear anything else all day long, but you heard those words, lunch is ready, amen. And boy, there's some saliva, salivating, salivation, and all that stuff going on. Running, you didn't have any injury, boy, you just running to the house, amen. These dogs the same way. Well, let's want to, let me continue. Two kinds, there was two kinds of reflexes that uh, Pavlov uh, discovered here. Number one, unconditioned reflexes. Reflexes make us react in a certain way. When a light beam hits our eyes, our pupils shrink. Did you know that? You ever seen that? Probably not. If you're looking to the light, you probably can't see that, but they do, okay? They make our, our, light, our pupils shrink in response to the light stimulus. And when the doctor taps you on, uh, on your knee, up on that knee, guess what? You ever notice that? Generally happens. Say, well, mine doesn't do that. Well, you just you hadn't been hit hard enough. Something's gonna move if you get hit hard enough. All right, <laughs> y'all gotta wake up on me now. These reflexes are called unconditioned or built in. The body responds in the same fashion every time to a stimuli. The light or the tap is applied in the same way that the dogs drooled in their encounter when they encountered food. So there's a correlation here. There's what we call unconditioned. There's just things that you automatically do. Breathe. You ain't got to think about it, but, but you breathe, right? It's just something you do, all right? So there's, there's these things. Number two is conditioned reflexes. I am making a point. Pavlov's discovery was that the environmental events that previously had no relation to a given reflex, in other words, such as a bell sound, in other words, the, you could ring a bell all day long until that dog got trained, conditioned, the bell didn't mean anything to him, but you put a little food with it and ring a bell, guess what? That dog associated food with the bell. You get it? So that's where we're going with this. <clears throat> Through experience, trigger a reflex, uh, slavation. This kind of learned response is called conditioned reflex. And the process whereby dogs or humans, check this out, learn to connect to a, a stimulus to a reflex is called conditioning. You ever touched a hot stove? Sure, you have at some point. Or something hot. Maybe not a stove, but you've touched something hot. 
Now, most of us that are on um, an IQ level of more than one realize we don't need to do that again. What was that? That is a conditioned reflex. Hot, don't touch, burns, makes, makes people unhappy and uncomfortable for a long period of time. Right? So there's things that you do that condition you to a certain thing. And we have to learn to condition ourselves. Let me continue, and I will tell you a little bit more about what I have. <clears throat> the significance of Pavlov's findings... Pavlov's description on how animals and humans can be trained to respond in a certain way to a particular stimulus drew tremendous interest from the first time it was presented and his results. His work paved the way for a new, more objective method of studying behavior. The so-called Pavlovian, I guess is the way you say it, Pavlovian, Pavlovian. Yeah, I love that over there, man. She's got me on. Training has been used in many fields with antiphobia treatment as but one example. An important principle in conditioned learning is that an established conditioned response, the slavating of, in this case of the dogs, decreases in intensity if the condition of the stimulus or the bell is repeatedly presented without the unconditioned stimulus, the food. This process is called extension. So in other words, if... You train a dog to respond to the bell, and he's going to get food. He starts salivating, salivating. And you keep ringing that bell, and you don't give him food. After a while, he stops. It's called extinction. Same thing happens in human life. There's these conditioned responses we get used to doing. And if there's not a stimuli, guess what? We quit doing those, and when we quit doing it, they become extinct. Didn't know you were so much like a dog, did you? Now watch this. I wrote down a few little notes that I want to share with you. So how can you tell if it is an unconditional or conditioned reflex? How can you tell the difference? Conditions, now you need to get these. If you're taking notes, I want you to get these. Conditioned reflexes are always intentional. You hear me? Conditioned reflexes, they, they're always intentional. As a human being, they've got to be intentional. For you to condition you to do something that you're not currently it's got to be intentional. Think about it. If you, if you have um, uh, been doing something your life this way, and you say, that's not working for me, i got to do something different. I have to be intentional about my outcome, my reflex, my, my result. So I have to condition myself, what? To do something different. Are you tracking with me? That's a, one way that you can identify that conditioned reflexes, they're always intentional, and unconditional reflexes are never intentional. They just happen. Ask any, any person that's ever been addicted to anything. Uh, we, we've had a panel of John 3.16 guys set up on this stage, and none of them, not one, I've never talked to one, that said, you know, I wanted to grow up and be a, a drug hit. 
I wanted to grow up and be an alcoholic. I wanted to go up and steal stuff from my parents or my grandparents. That's what I want. I want to be a thief. they, They won't tell you that. Never. Conditioned reflexes have to be intentional while unconditioned, they just happen. One thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And you say, how did I get here? You ever made that statement? How did we get here? You know why? Because you weren't intentional. You got to be intentional about serving God. You got to be intentional, watch this, about reading your Bible. You got to be intentional about coming to church. You got to be intentional about raising your kids godly. You got to be intentional about reading the Bible stories at home. If you leave it to the unconditioned reflex, they don't get any of that. I'm going to prove that to you in just a moment. Unconditioned reflexes are the flesh's default mode. Did you hear me? Unconditioned reflexes. That's the human body's default mode. I'm just going to default to that. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, let me give you an example. If you stop reading your Bible, let's just say you read the Bible every day. Every day at at, at, uh, 7 a.m. in the morning, that's your time. And every day at 7 a.m., you read the Bible. But on this particular day, you're in a hurry and you get up late and you don't read your Bible. You, you just get up and you put your clothes on and you leave. And your day goes pretty good. Nothing bad happens that day. Everything's going along. And I mean, matter of fact, you might even get a blessing that day in some shape, form, or fashion. And, um, and you think, huh, I didn't, read my, I, I didn't read my Bible. I mean, I got this blessing. Preachers selling us a bunch of junk. I don't really have to read my Bible every day. And then tomorrow comes along and you get to thinking about yesterday. Yesterday, pretty good. I, I didn't read it. Nothing bad happened to me. I didn't get in a bad automobile accident. Matter of fact, I, mean, I got a blessing, got a check in the mail. Skip that. Then the next day you read your Bible and then you all of a sudden become sporadic. See, it becomes unintentional because you got to be in contention. You got to be intentional to have that condition replaced. And all of a sudden, after a while, you realize that you hadn't read your Bible in five, six, seven days. You think, well, but nothing bad's going on. And all of a sudden, it's two weeks. And then you pick it up, I got to get back in that Bible. Your default mode as a human being is against the things of God. The Bible teaches that. I got scripture just a minute, I'm going to tell you. It is against the things of God. Your flesh wants to do opposite of what God, God's, the things of God, reading your Bible, praying, seeking the Lord, you know, all those times coming to church. Your body wants to do the opposite of that. That's called an unconditioned. You don't have to, you don't even have to think about that. There's so many people in our world today that don't that don't attend church, don't read their Bibles, don't pray, don't do don't have, have nothing to do with God. They don't even have to think about not doing that. They just you know, it's a default mode of the humanity that we that we house ourselves called the flesh. 
It's, it's default mode. It's going to go to that. If nothing else, you're going to go to there. You've seen it in your life. You've seen it in people's lives. It's not long. You quit reading that Bible and you quit praying. It's not very long. And words start slipping out. hurt anybody. I mean, it's just me. Next thing you know, two or three of them. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're telling dirty jokes that you ought not be telling. You're thinking things that you ought not be thinking. Come on. You're allowing the things to come that you normally wouldn't have. All of a sudden, now, now you're listening to the wrong kind of music and I'm not beating you up over music I'm just telling you there's some music you ought not be listening to as a child of God I can appreciate all kind of music I really can even some of that head banging stuff you know, how, you know how come I can appreciate that you ever seen somebody with hair down to here and I'm not beating up people guys got hair down here you ever, they got hair down to here and, and they're just, man, they're doing all this. And they're playing a guitar and they're never missing a note. That is awesome to me. I can appreciate that. I don't, may not like their music, but I can appreciate That guy's got talent. I mean, come on. When you jump around, you, you, when they jump around and up on stage and sing and they're running and jump, and they can stay on pitch and on note, you try it. I can't hardly breathe. But they can do this. I can appreciate that. But here's the deal. As a Christian, there's some music you can't listen to. Oh, you can listen to it. But you'll fall to your unconditioned reflexes pretty quick. You can't be listening to, to um, and, and look, I, I, I listen to some, very little, but some country music. But you can't listen to some of that stuff, cheating on your wife and Drinking beer and tears in your beer and I'm good as once as I was was one time or something like that. What is that? I'm once good as something. Come on, some of y'all act like you ain't don't even know what I'm talking about. You blind, you know what I'm talking about. Toby Keith sings it, you know. He's talking about taking on two women at the same time. Come on, folks. Do you think God's God? Jesus, check out this song. This is so cool. You wouldn't do that, would you? But that's what's happened. When you start getting away from the intentional things of God and you must be intentional about doing those things, guess what? You, you, you start falling back to default mode of those unconditioned reflections which says, well, that's what I, I'm okay with that. I just listen to the beat because it got a good beat. Well, that beat's getting in your spirit. And those words are getting in your mind. And guess what? The Bible says that I'm supposed to serve with all of my mind. And the enemy will invade you through your mind based on these unconditional reasons that you don't even think about. And all of a sudden you're invaded and you wake up and say, what happened to my life? What happened to me? I used to be serving in the church. I used to be doing this. What happened to me? You let your guard down and you quit being intentional on how you're going to respond. A reflex is a response to something that happened. 
Amen. So if it's an unconditioned reflex and, and you respond to this reflex, in other words, of, um, of cheating on your wife or cheating on your husband, guess what happens? If, you're, if you stay in that mode, that's a response to a reflex. So my thing was I started listening and I never listened to it. The next thing, that leads me down a road that I never wanted to be down. You say, well, Pastor, you sure are pulling a lot of stuff out of a country music song. Do you think that, do you think that country music for a Christian, some of the songs we just talked about, do you think that, that that's pulling you to the cross or from the cross? it's not pulling you to the cross then I'm just going to suggest to you uh, can I be like Jesus I'm not Jesus I'm not even trying to be can I make a commandment to you you probably should not do that because that's a problem could be a problem in your life because one condition unconditioned reflex will lead to another will lead to another will lead to another will lead to another me move on you're enjoying this so much now listen to me lack listen lack of commitment always leads to unconditioned reflexes lack of commitment always leads to an unconditioned reflex in other words if I'm not committed to what I want to, what I want to accomplish in my life it's not going to happen. You got to be committed to what you're after. You got to be committed to a good marriage. You got to be committed to raising your kids in, in, in God's house and in the precepts of God. The Bible instructs us to do. That's not a suggestion either. You got to be intentional about those things. And, and when you're not intentional about the commitment, it's going to fall and you're, and you're not going to achieve what you're after. So many people want, want God to perform and do great things in their life and they want to be used by God but they don't want to commit to Him. So what happens? God says this about Himself. I'm either number one or I'm nothing. God's not, He's not playing second fiddle in your little band. And so if you don't commit, as the Word of God says, all if, if, you, if you study heart, heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's everything that encompasses you, by the way. That, that's everything. There's nothing left outside of that that you, could, that you could physically say, that's me. Nothing. Or psychologically, for that matter. Spiritually. Everything. And if you don't serve Him with everything, all of it, you know what you do? You leave a portion of that, those four areas, heart, soul, mind, and, 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 and strength, you leave a portion of that door open for another response, another condition to come in. That's why I said serve with all. If you get all in with God, everything's with God. But if you leave a portion to something else, where do you think the enemy's going to attack you? In that area. That's the door you left open. Fly doesn't come through the door that's not open. When I grew up, my mama said, shut the screen door. Why? It wasn't because she's trying to keep the air out. She's trying to keep the flies out. Right? You know what my dad did? There's three of us boys. We 
didn't mind too much sometimes. My dad, I'm sure it was a regular spring on the door, but it looked like it was a spring off of a 1976 Buick. He hung that thing on that door, and buddy, you better be in the door because look, it'd catch back your heels. If you had that last heel coming in, that thing was with you. I mean, bam. You know what we did? We learned that we will hold on to that door and ease that door closed because when the door slammed, my mama said, don't slam the door. Don't slam the screen door. But yet you're thinking, well, that thing's fixed to cut my foot off. A couple more of these and I'm going to be one-footed. What did she do? She conditioned us. Close the door quickly, but don't let it slam. So what you have to do, you had to be intentional when you walked up to that door. Come on. Because you didn't want the fly to get in, right? I'm telling you, look here. The devil's landing a lot of on a lot of people's lives because you're leaving the door cracked open. Because you're worried about how's it going to affect you. Well, Pastor, that brings me happiness. You know, you know, I just love, love that doing that right there. That, 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 that's mine. I mean, that's the only enjoyment I get out of life. You liar. Then you haven't experienced the true Jesus that I've experienced. I'm just, I mean that real just as plain as I can be. You haven't experienced the true nature of Jesus. Because Jesus won't leave you empty-handed. Jesus won't leave you sad and depressed and beat up and beat down. Look, if you get in Him, don't leave nothing open. Don't leave that door open. Get in Him. But that's an intentional action. You've got to condition yourself to be all in with God. You've heard me tell this story. I'll tell it again. There was a husband and wife, and they were at home. And it was Sunday morning. And the wife goes in and says, Honey, get up. Let's go to church. I don't want to go to church. It don't matter. Come on. Let's go to church. So here in a minute, a few minutes goes past. She comes back in there. Husband's still in the bed. Honey, get up. we got to go to church. I don't want to go to church. Why do we have to go to church? She said, get up. you got to go to church because you're the pastor. <laughs> it's an intentional sometimes. Come on. Y'all think I want to come to church all the time? Sometimes I don't want to. But you know what happens in my life? My condition reflexes kick in. I say, I may not want to, but I have to. I need to. Because I know Marty's default mode is everything against God. And look here, it's no problem. Well, let me finish. I don't want to say that yet. I want to get to this point. I'm about to close here in a minute. When we fully commit to something, our reflexes, our decisions, will position us to honor our commitment. So when I commit to something, my position on that, I'm going to commit to go to Billy's house today at 3 o'clock. We got lunch? Okay, good. <laughs> I step out on something I didn't need to step out on right there, but we got lunch, so I'm going to Billy's house lunch. Everybody at Billy's house lunch at 3 o'clock today. <laughs> Three o'clock, I'm going to be at Billy's house. 
Now, my commitment level to being at Billy's house at 3 o'clock means i got to make decisions to be at Billy's house at 3 o'clock. What does that mean? Well, that means i got to figure out, now, where am I going to be this afternoon right after church? And from where I'm at, how, how long is it going to take me to get to Billy's house? So if I'm 30 minutes from Billy's house, I need to leave uh, a little bit before 30 minutes to get to Billy's house, Right? Because my decisions, my commitment level to be at his house at 3 o'clock is based on my decisions that I'm going to make before I make the commitment, uh, fulfill the commitment at 3. Am I making any sense? So when, when you thinking about the things of God and reading the Word of God and, and, and worshiping God and coming to church and raising your kids, guess what? It is not an unconditioned reflex because that means that you ain't doing it. It is a conditioned reflex based on right here so that you can achieve the, the ultimate goal that you're after, that commitment level that you want to achieve. So when I get ready to come to church and I want to be uh, happy in the Lord, I want everything to go right. Saturday night, for the most part, I know what I'm going to wear on Sunday. I make sure it's washed, or my wife washed it, or cleaners, whichever. I make sure it's at the house because it's one thing to have your clothes clean and at the cleaner on Saturday clothes and you need them for Sunday. So I got to make sure everything, I get my shoes, make sure they're clean. Polish them up, make sure they look good. I get my stuff in order. Why? Because my commitment level to preach and teach the Word of God to you is a priority in my life. And I don't want to be dragging in here at, at 10.35 and saying, Hey, uh, did y'all get all the staff meeting done? Is all the ministries covered? Are we good? No, I'm going to be here early so that we can honor the commitment level. Now, what commitment have you made to God? Have you committed to God? Have you somewhere in your life committed your life to God? Have you said, Lord, I'm going to serve you? Probably everybody in this room at some point has made some kind of profession or confession to that, that area. Now I have another question for you. If he was to grade you on your commitment level to him in the areas of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, uh, having all of those, would you fail? Would you pass the test? All of us will fail if it's based on us. There is mercy and grace, don't get me wrong. What I'm telling you is very few are all in. The Bible says that narrow is this gate that leads to life of Christ. Wow! Wide is this gate that leads to eternal damnation. It, only a fool would think that everybody in the church house is going to go to heaven. Because there's going to be people in the church house that's not going to make it. Why are you so hard on us, Pastor? Why has this series been so hard on us? Because number one, I love you. And number two, if things don't change around soon, 
you're, 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 we in America are fixing to see an, an, a major, a major change in lifestyle in your life. Fixing to happen. You, you just mark this old pastor's word for it. I'm not a prophetic guy. Y'all know that. I don't, I'm not into all, all of that. That's not me. I'm saying I'm, I'm into it. I'm, that's not me, okay? I'm not a, I'm not a prophetic guy that, that way. I'm saying there's going to be some major changes in America. The way you worship, if you think not, well, then you, you need to cut the news on just a minute. Even though if you don't like CNN, NBC, or whatever they are, even if you don't like those, they're telling you, and that may be a lie about it, but the whole narrative is what they're after. Did you hear what I said? That narrative is what they're after. If you can't hardly come to church now and serve God now and read your Bible to your children now, you won't then. You can mark my words on that. Lastly, before I give you some scriptures to support all of my thoughts right there. Excuses have to be made in order to avoid conditioned reflexes. Excuses have to be made in order to avoid conditioned reflexes. Let me give you an example. I have to make an excuse to not read my Bible. I have to make an excuse not to teach my kids at home. I have to make an excuse not to come to church. Because, see, my unconditioned reflexes, I, don't, I ain't going to make an excuse for nothing. That's just what I do. That's just what you do as a, as a human that you do that. But if I've conditioned myself to do this and all of a sudden I'm not doing it, now I've got to make an excuse why I'm not doing that. Come on. Stings a little bit, don't it? Did me too. So now we are into this excuse mode. How many of you call someone and say, Hey, I've been, you know, I noticed you've been doing, you know, I hadn't seen you at church or I had, you hadn't been doing this in church and, 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 and uh, you know, you used to teach all the time and now you're in the teaching or whatever it is. Uh, we used to have Bible study together, whatever it is. We're not doing it anymore. What happened? And all of a sudden, they've rehearsed a list of excuses that are a mile long to tell you why they can't. I can tell you why they can't. Nine out of ten, nine out of ten times it's because they don't want to. Ain't got nothing to do with can't. Don't want to. It would be so easy today to slip in now. Tired. Sun didn't come up like it normally does over that cloudy sky. It was cold in the house, man. I'm pull that cover up, man. It was like, oh man, this is a been easy. Been so easy. I could have called a Tyler or Andrew and said, hey guys, man, <clears throat> man I got something going on my throat. I'm not gonna be able to make it. You guys help me out. Oh, yeah. Then sit back and watch my westerns today. Whatever it is I'm going to watch. Come on now. Stung to me too. We can learn a lot from a scientist, a Russian scientist. Looking at a bunch of dogs. We can apply that to our lives. If you can condition a dog to do something, 
surely with our human intellect we ought to be able to condition ourselves to do something for the Lord but that takes commitment you know the same cold that'll keep you out of church on Sunday and I, I, I don't know if you got snotty nose don't bring your kids to church That's not what I'm giving you an example but the same cold that'll keep you out of church or keep your whole family out of church on Sunday won't even affect you when you go to church when you go to uh, work with it on Monday matter of fact you don't even talk about it at work on Monday but Sunday it was the biggest thing in your life it's called an excuse to my condition reflexes sad thing is we talk our whole family into not coming Y'all not go, y'all. Y'all been around me, you know. I mean, I mean, y'all probably not need to go. Y'all gonna transfer this. If we did that, there wouldn't nobody ever come to church. I'm sick of COVID stuff. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit because if we do not serve God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength, we will leave a portion of each of these areas open to invasion. And we're talking about the mind, and it will invade your mind first. Because first, when he invades the mind to come up with an excuse, then your body responds to that. Because your mind, if you don't respond, you say, I'm going to make an excuse not to go do ABC for the Lord. Guess what? Your body doesn't show up. You get it? Romans 8 chapter 7 says this and I'll prove to you that, your, that our default mode in, in our, our bodies are, is against God At Romans 8 7 says because the carnal mind what are we supposed to serve God with our minds all of our minds okay our carnal mind is enmity against God that means directly opposed to in great contrast to that's what that word means it's enmity it's opposed to it. it's in great contrast so if you don't if you're not intentional about serving God with all of your mind guess what the carnal the carnality the humanity the flesh says hmm I don't want to do that because I'm at odds with everything that's God watch that the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be what does that mean what is he saying there what is Paul saying in this he's saying look your, your flesh is your flesh and it's going to do crazy things you've got to surrender everything to Christ because if you don't that little crack you leave open the flesh is going to say I don't want to do it and if you're not careful you're going to say well I don't want to either and then you're doing something you shouldn't do. This is good stuff, church. You got to get this. We're in a day where we better get it. Romans 128 says this. Talking about the mind. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Y'all understand completely what that is. You don't want, they don't want anything to do with God. They don't want to talk about God. They don't, they don't want the things of God. They want it. Well, I'll go because my wagon, my nagging wagon wife. I'll go because my nagging husband. I, I, I'll go because the kids, if they just didn't have such a, a good children's program, the kids wouldn't nag me to go. Hope you get nagged till they move out the house then. 
want any, your flesh doesn't want anything to do with God. You understand that? My flesh says, the Bible tells me there's nothing good in this. I got to make an intentional decision to say I'm going to follow Christ and I'm going to follow him wholeheartedly. Not partially, not when it's convenient, not when this is going on or when this is not going on or when this is not going on. I, I, I can't help you for the next 12 months because I'm going to be busy. What? You, have, you mean for the next several months you can't help do the things of God because you're busy? And it has nothing to do with the church? I, I, I want to, I just want to just kind of tell you that your priorities are wrong. There's an issue. There's an issue. Because if I'm passionate about something, I guarantee you one thing, I'm going to make it happen. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to make it. And so will you. What have you been passionate about that you, that you thought was a, a mile away, a dream away, only a dream away, and all of a sudden you started working toward that? I had a friend tell me a long time ago in church, he was like 22, 23 at this time, been years ago. He said, I'm going to be a millionaire. He didn't come from money. He had nothing. He was just a plain old, had a regular old job. I'm thinking, boy, something better change in your life. Somebody die, better die for you. Boy, was I wrong. He made it up in his heart that he had been broke for too long and he was going to be a millionaire. Now, he was a good Christian guy. He wasn't doing it for the love of money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. He had a plan. I don't know that he's achieved it yet, but he's real close. You know why? Because when everybody else go out to eat, they stay home. When everybody else was buying this and that and other, they wasn't buying nothing. They was driving what they had. They wasn't moving up upscale town. They were staying where we are because he had it in his mind. This is what I'm going to do. Now, if we were that passionate about God, winning souls, if we were that passionate about our children, think it'd be a little different think the church would be different? You think your household would be different? You think your home would be different? Sure it would. I'm going to close. Romans 7, 23, just giving you scripture to back up these thoughts that I had. Because I don't like to preach an opinion. Did you hear what I said? I don't like to preach an opinion. Opinion, everybody got one of them. They stink most times. I want to give you scripture where this is being based from. Romans 7, 23 says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. What's it doing against? What's the, what's the law of this member? What's this flesh doing against my mind? War? Did it say it was having a discussion? Or conversation? No, it's an all-out war. I'm telling you that the devil, the enemy, is at an all-out war trying to get your mind. And if you don't give him all of your mind, if you leave the door open, the enemy will put his foot in. And the next thing you know, he's wiggling in. He's got it pressed open. And the next thing you know, you're wondering what happened in your life. Because you're in a war. You're not in, this is not some kind of little thing you can play with. The Bible says that you're in a war for your soul. You're in a war for your kid's soul. 
We're in a war in this nation for our country. We are in a war. Quit saying that we're not. Quit trying to cover it up. We're in a war. And it's time that we realize that we better get all in. I would never want to go to battle with someone that wasn't willing to fight for the cause. Because you get up in front, guess what? They're leaving you. I want my kids to know, my grandkids to know, that it's a war. When I was raising my kids, I was fighting for them the whole time. Did I do everything right? No, that's not what I'm talking about. It was a war. There's going to be battles within the woods you're going to lose. Praise God, I'm winning the war. You don't stop. But you got to get all in. Did you hear what I said? You got to get all in. Everything. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. What's happening? If you're not intentional, this war that's going to happen, that's going on in your members, since it's going to war against the law of my mind and it's going to bring me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. It's going to win if you're not intentional, if you don't condition yourself to live for Christ, if you don't condition yourself to say, I'm going to fall in love with you again, Jesus. You're going to lose the war. According to Scripture, it's time, church, that we say, I'm not going to be half playing with God. I'm not going to just show up at church and say, I went to church. My God, our kids sin when we don't participate. Our kids, our spouses sin when we just show up because we're made to, because of the argument that will ensue after church if I don't go. It's time that we realize we're in a war for our souls. When are we going to get it, church? When are we going to grasp the idea that we're in a war? And I'm telling you, this thing's coming to a head faster, faster than you know, faster than I know. It's coming to a head. If you're not careful, you'll be brought into captivity to this law of sin in my members. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Here it comes. Thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind I myself serve the law of God, but with my flesh the law of sin. That means if you'll condition your mind to serve God, if you'll condition your mind to read the word of God, if you'll condition your mind to worship, if you'll condition your mind to pray, if you'll condition your mind that I'm going to teach my kids that my house will serve the Lord no matter what, I'm telling you, you can win the war because God's on your side. And with God before you, who can be against you? You will win the war. But you've got to get in with God all the way. Quit playing patty cake with Him. Quit thinking that you just because you show up at church, you've done some wonderful service to God. You haven't done anything. You've done a disservice to you and your family, sir or ma'am. It's time we get serious about God and serving God and loving God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. Give Him everything. Give Him everything. You can if you so choose. Unconditioned reflexes. That's built in or automatic. Just automatic traits. And these conditioned reflexes, they're learned. And according to Scripture, we got to learn to serve God. we got to learn to serve the law of God with our minds.
Will you stand with me across this building?